0: This podcast is a Tucker Media production. For more information, head to tuckermedia.com.au. Welcome to For the
1: Shire by the Shire. Each week, we speak
0: to property and finance professionals working in and around the Sutherland Shire. Discover insider tips and tricks from the Shire's leading experts on how to get ahead in today's market. Introducing your host, Nathan Smith, the Director and Senior Mortgage Broker at the award-winning Birdie Wealth.
1: We're back with another episode of For the Shire, By the Shire. Uh, today, we're heading to the northern end of the Sutherland Shire. We're joined by Andrew Bloom from Sanders in Janelli. Uh, he is a podcast host himself and runs a video series called New Blooms and Inside Real Estate, which can be found on uh, all the podcast channels, including Spotify. Is it on Apple as well? Not yet, but hopefully soon. Soon to be. Yeah. And there's also a video series as well, Andrew, welcome to the show. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in today. It's probably a nice day to be um, set up inside. It's about, uh, what are we hitting I outside now? 35
0: now, now. yeah. So, so, uh, not suit weather.
1: No, inside in this nice air-conditioned office is probably the place to be instead of uh, on the current in the road, but I um, appreciate you coming in. Now, can you tell us a bit about your story?
0: I guess my background has been selling for more than 25 years. Uh, it's been a diverse range of different things that I've sold from hi-fi through to fibre optic cables and Spent most of my time doing smart home technology and selling those those systems into into uh, residential homes. So
1: excellent. What, yeah. So what brought you across to real estate? Mate, I've
0: been working. I was working um, in that industry for a long time. I was on board of directors for C D Asia Pacific, and I uh, got to a point where you know that was there was nothing else to do, um, and ultimately you know we had a chat at home, and real estate seemed like an option. Uh, so yeah, we we took that plunge. You know, at the age of forty, and the other now and ever sort of thing. And haven't looked back, really loved it, really enjoyed it. And I guess some of my background has certainly helped in translating properties to people now.
1: Excellent. Now, tell me a little bit about Sanders and, and how you've worked with them.
0: Well, I was re- recommended to talk to Sanders and vice versa. Sanders was recommended to talk to me when I was thinking about getting into it. And we had a quick chat with the director, Peter Garrity, and then later on, Greg Calderwood. Um, speaking to them, they just sounded great. Um, they, they had a real care about their staff and a real good culture and they're actually the oldest um, real estate office in the Sutherland Shire so they're in their 62nd year now so uh, and often when you talk to people there's always a story someone's got some connection or history with the office so it's a it's been a a, a long-standing office and uh, and you can see that with the culture that it has and the people that are there and most of the people that have been there have been there around about 20 years themselves.
1: Look, yeah, I'll I'll give a compliment to Sanders. They've got a fantastic reputation in the industry and uh, the agents and the the directors there seem to have some sort of culture. So what do you think it is? What is it about Sanders that makes it special?
0: It's very much team-based. We all sell each other's properties. uh, We're not subcontractors. We all work together uh, and we all motivate each other. We train together and it's a good personality fit. I think if your personality didn't suit, you wouldn't stay. Uh, and therefore, yeah, I think just that that rural culture that's there, and and everyone's prepared to help each other out, and you know that's uh, that's a credit for inner sales sort of environment. Yeah,
1: your industry is similar to mine. There is plenty of movement, plenty of rotation, but we don't tend to see as much coming out of Sanders now. You have been in the industry for five years, but you've seen a lot over that time. You've probably seen the top and the bottom of the market throughout that period. Tell me about your journey so far. Yeah,
0: I'll probably work through a full cycle now. Up until lately,
1: I've been able to say that, so uh, I was always wary as to how I was
0: going to go in the other markets. But um, uh, fortunately, it's uh, it's all been really well. So you know, we just put a lot of time and effort into just doing the hard work and and really just you know getting to know people and you know, listening and taking advice from all the people that I work with and,
1: uh, you know, five years goes by like a you know, like a blink of the eye. And coming into the industry at 40, what do you do to, to actually get momentum and get going? I think you really just have to
0: be honest with yourself. You've really got to work hard. It's, mm. There's no shortcuts. Um, it's it's lots of phone calls. You know, you end up calling until it's dark. Um, you know, you're, you're door knocking, you know, you're door knocking, you know, houses that, you know, probably no one would walk up. I think it's just, Doing all those things that maybe someone else wouldn't do, and you're almost treating it like a sport. You know, I think if you if you're looking again to real estate and it's thinking it's going to be easy and sipping coffee, you're, you're going to be, I guess, a bit mistaken. Uh, it can be like that though. I mean, not everyone has to, you know, throw as much energy into it, but. Um, it's also selling is an addictive thing if you're a salesperson. So if you enjoy it, which I thoroughly do, then, um, you know, it'll it'll consume all your time and you, and you and you enjoy putting that hard work in. So it doesn't feel like hard work anyway.
1: Now, let's talk about some of the areas that you're working out of. So uh, we'll talk about that northern end of the Sutherland Shire, first of all, uh, very close to my heart. I grew up in Oyster Bay and, and lived there for 18 years. So uh, Oyster Bay, Como, Carrilla, uh janali where the office is based. Tell me a little bit about the changes you've seen in those areas. Well,
0: you're seeing massive changes in Janali. I mean, obviously the new, the new station, the timetables, the best in the shire. Um, it's got you know the new hotel. There's a lot going on. The shopping centre's not far away. So a lot, of, a lot of change there. It's it's one of the fastest selling suburbs in Sydney as well. Um, on top of that, uh, you know, Oyster Bay statistically is one of those suburbs that. Uh, more people sell and buy, again, back in Oyster Bay than any other suburb. So it's uh, it's a fascinating suburb. You know, it's one of those ones where you can add $2 million and literally move to your mortgage and move across the street to a waterfront or something like that. And it's got eastern waterfronts, it's got, you know, um, tidal waterfronts, northern deep waterfronts, it's got everything and right down to the little sort of, I guess, first home buyer home still. So huge suburb and uh, very communal. Uh, and consequently, yeah, a lot of people stay and just, just upsize or downsize within that suburb. Yucarilla, again, very, very communal. The new shopping centre's gone in there. A bit of a changing of the guard now. We're seeing a lot of people that sort of started that suburb off starting to think about downsizing and moving out and that, uh, I guess, a younger version of them moving in. So there's a lot of that going on, and the school has a great reputation, as does Oyster Bay and Ginelli. Uh And then Newsylvania, the same thing. School's got a fantastic reputation. The principal there does an amazing job. Uh, they've just had a bit of a tragedy with the tree landing on, on the roof of uh, the first class building building over the break but fortunately it was over the holidays but uh you know again it's a big school and uh lots of people in that area you know really enjoy it. And, and and i think those things sort of bring that sort of nucleus together so yeah those suburbs are very active like that and being northern suburbs as is como as well when you put all them together that sort of belt there look it's a bit of the gateway to the shire so you do see a lot of people, you know, from, say, uh, you know, the eastern suburbs in St George seeing great value in that area and, and you know, feeling they can, um, you know, enjoy the Shire but still get back to some of their grassroots when they need to.
1: So do you think that locality to the train line and, and perhaps the, the shorter commute compared to if you're heading down into your Caring Bay area play's an effect?
0: I think uh, maybe when people first start their journey in a search because, you know, they might be, you know, coming from the inner west where lots of buyers will tell you that. They're just thinking, I don't want to go too far into the Shire, the depths of the Shire, because the Shire's big. But um, you know, for all us shy folk, um, you know, it's really not a big deal. I think uh, so. Yeah, I think there, I wouldn't say there's a right or wrong there or a preference. But you, some buy. I think more local buyers are happy to move around based on maybe you know a lot of local buyers are, enjoy moving closer to the beach or national parks and things like that. Ironically, local buyers and sellers—the one place they just don't want to buy again as often is probably where they grew up even though they're fond of it just because they feel like they need to move out a bit
1: um but realistically yeah i think it's down to each individual preference really so i know that uh i've moved across towards grace point now you know where i live and yeah. uh, and my parents joke quite often that I've just bought my Oyster Bay family home. That those two suburbs, oh, see, much, yeah. see, there's so many similarities, and the, the, yeah. the property I bought in particular is very similar to the family home. Yep. So, um, yeah, a lot of similarities in those areas. We've we've talking on the podcast about auctions, and we've talking about private treaties, but there is this term that comes up. Uh, it's becoming more and more frequent: friendly auctions. Uh, now, you've brought that into the Shire. Tell me about friendly auctions and what that means.
0: Yeah, look, when I was a salesperson before I was a real estate agent, um, I, when I went out to go and buy property myself, uh, yeah, you're curious to see how other industries, other sales industries perform. And, um, you know, as a consumer, I probably wasn't as treated as well as I thought it would have been. And I think if you talk to a lot of people that engage in real estate, Uh, not everyone, but there are quite a few people that there is a common thread that they feel the service could be better. That could just be because the market's competitive. But, you know, I think in any industry, you always got to look forward to see what else is out there. And once I got into real estate, I I didn't really feel that I would have a strong career and I didn't have time to, you know, get it wrong for many years and then change um, and treat people that way. You know, and um, so ultimately, I wanted to try and improve my customer service wherever possible and, and just give myself a bit of a legacy around customer service. Friendly Auctions was something I found through Real Estate Academy. Uh, it was invented by Mark Kentwell in Newcastle. I, uh, I trained with that. It's trademarked. Uh, we were able to bring it down to Sydney and implement it into the Sanders team, which they were very fond of as well. Uh, and ultimately what it does is it's got panels of building and pest companies that the vendor chooses from. Um, they're on that panel as anyone can be providing their insurance level meets the right criteria. And it allows the, um, the vendor to pay for the report, us agents and vendors to have the report, give that to all the buyers for free. But it's fully transferable from the buyer, from the vendor's name to the buyer's name at no cost with all that warranty. So as a consumer, if you're a buyer, you're getting a report you know could go on your name, so it's as good as you contacting someone anyway. But we've probably put the better ones in front of you, just the vendor's picked randomly out of that panel. On top of that, there's a whole bunch of solicitors and conveyances all throughout the Shire now, uh, and out of the Shire into the city even, uh, that uh, happily take on the contract and review that for free. Um, because there's a billboard moment for them. They probably wouldn't have met that client without that, but we know they're good and, you know, they know they're good and when they get in front of a buyer and do a great job, often the buyer does gravitate towards them and then chances are they'll pick up that business if the buyer's successful. So now buyers can really attend auctions for free and we've got panels of brokers that are happy to be on there and, you know, ones that are, you know, probably a little more proactive and want to be on there to really try and help buyers get ready quickly. Uh, When you put all that together, if, you know, people are trying to buy an auction, not everyone's successful, obviously only one person wins, uh, but uh, it's it's a bit better that they don't have to pay those several hundred dollars to get ready. Uh, and on top of that, um, the transparency is stronger because all the buyers have all the information to give more accurate feedback to the agent who can then pass that on to all the buyers so everyone knows where they stand. And lastly, a real big one is that If someone offers on the property prior, which is, you know, something that's always open to, to, you know, interpretation, you know, if someone else is also willing to pay that, but they wouldn't have done that due diligence, maybe because the auction's still two weeks away, they're actually not going to miss it because they could literally call, you know, the building and pest company, read the report, talk to them about it, uh, ring one of the solicitors, you know, and probably be back with an unconditional offer themselves later that day uh, and not miss out on the property based on how maybe the owner or the agent sells it. And I think
1: that's just helps us, you know, guarantee that the right buyer buys the property. Excellent. Yeah. So if we're doing a standard auction process, quite often every purchaser would have to go and get a pest and building inspection. Every purchaser would potentially have to go and get a contract review and potentially pay for that. They do. And, and you know, there's,
0: there's levels of service that you can go there. Some people will download a $50 report. Some people don't like that. Other people will spend money on it. Some people will do that two or three times and then start to feel that, you know, maybe they should cut corners. But the problem is... When a buyer's cut corners, it doesn't really hurt them until those last four or five seconds of an auction where they just don't take that last jump. Mm. And ultimately, you know, the buyer, that, the buyer that is fully prepared and does understand everything they're buying has that confidence to go that extra bid and that's what wins them the home that they want. So, you know, I think um, just making the, the, the playing field fair uh, really does help and, you know... I mean, selling a property where you know the condition of it and the buyers know the condition of it without spending money to find that out, I think that's important. And if you're a vendor, ultimately, you don't necessarily want your buyers hiring just any old Joe Blow who they're not sure whether they're good or bad to do a report on your home. What if it was wrong, for example? So at least putting quality people in front of everyone it gives us a fighting chance. And on top of that, I mean, anyone can call their own solicitors and spend their own money and hire their own building and pest people. No one's blocked from who they want to use, but there's just another level of service there that people can lean on. And once people have done it a couple of times, they really do bond to it and, and just feel that it's just,
1: it just helps them Chase everything, and you know, sometimes it's been the difference of whether someone's got a house or not. Brilliant, and I'm sure it uh, certainly would benefit the vendor having more people attending the auctions, being less standoffish, knowing that there's um, a reduced cost to, to play. Well, my favourite story is the first first one I ever did, uh, first first friendly auction I ran, uh,
0: which is about four years ago. Uh, we had a buyer that saw it with a healthy deposit; they had quite a good deposit, so, but they didn't have finance approved. Um, they um, didn't have a building and pest report or the contract reviewed, and they saw it on the Thursday before a Saturday auction. And she walked out saying, oh, I'm such an idiot, I should have come a week ago, I'm going to lose this house, I've been waiting for this for so long, we're renting. And, And I said, no, no, it's a friendly auction, I can help you. And she wanted me to explain it, I did. So that day she called a solicitor who came to her house, reviewed the contract for her. The building and pest guy met... The, the husband back at the property also later that afternoon. And one of the um, um, uh, brokers contacted her and because she had that healthy deposit, was able to get the finance approved in 24 hours, which today is probably a bit too hard. But back then, four years ago, it was doable. And uh, the next day she rang me and said, I'm good to go. I'm coming in. Now, she came to that auction. It went over reserve and there was a, a buyer who'd seen it a few weeks earlier who was always coming to that auction and her mm-hmm. left. But those two forty out for another forty-five thousand dollars, which is tax-free for the owner. So, had we not got that buyer ready, which a normal auction process wouldn't have allowed us to do, uh, the other buyer would have got it for about forty-five thousand dollars less because it was already over reserve and the owner was happy. But we didn't leave that on the table. So, that was a really proud moment and you know, if I was ever doubting whether it was anything to do, it was, you know, never again. But no, we always had confidence in the process, but that was that was a good start to the program. That was Great sure. start. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Now, let's talk about your shows, New Blooms, Inside Real Estate. Uh, what has led you to do something that probably uh, very few agents are doing? Look, uh, um, you know, I think, again, when you're talking
0: to buyers, again, around customer service and again, around making yourself better and doing extra things, I think uh, we've got our Facebook, you know, page, the Andrew Bloom Sanders Property Agent page. And, and on there, we do a post every week about what's new to the market. And with Sanders, we can sell each other stocks. So anything that the team's listed, I can help a buyer that I know with. Um, but, you know, everyone's on an email database. But, you know, I'm sure not all my personality, you know, at a certain time of the day where I'm kind of sick of email, you know, so you probably might find when you come home from work, you might not check your emails as often. But most people will roll into Facebook at some stage, maybe of an evening, 7.30 at night, something like that. So by rolling in a a two-minute show, which is um, very constructed to be not a time waster for people, we keep an eye on the stock levels of the Shire so people know how competitive the marketplace is. Uh, we let them know the new stock that's on with a bit of a slideshow so they know when it's on, what it looks like um, and, and what method of sale it is. And we put a buy tip in there and that's it. We're done. Just a nice little you know snack for people just to take on each week and go, right, what's Seen is offering? There it is done. Good. I'm sorted. Yes, you can go to realestate.com domain.com, but I think just summarizing our office in one quick sentence is, is nice for people. And so that's there just to help people keep, on, keep in touch with what's going on.
1: And so that is new blooms.
0: That's is it. it. Yep. 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 Um, inside real estate. Inside real estate's uh, a different thing. I think. Um, I think people are pretty sick and tired of what we call, I guess, uh, that sort of ego marketing that real estate agents are renowned for, which is "I sold that, I sold this, look at me." Um, I think people do want to see that you're good at what you do, of course. So there's an element of that, but but people also want value, and you know. Real estate agents would know this more than anyone. We get involved in so many different things. You know, you're talking to builders and architects and interior designers and, you know, you name it. Cleaners, there's so many varieties of things you're involved in. Um, so why not share some of that? You know, this, I meet people all the time and think, wow, these people are amazing. Um, so that's what that show's about. We interview people that we believe are talented uh, in a variety of things that are not always directly relatable to a sale, but the last, you know, a couple one we've done, we've done how to style your home um, with our interior designer uh, so people can learn how to do that themselves or use their services. But, you know, my favourite one so far has been, you know, how to get your grass the best in the street, you know, but we went down to a second generation turf farmer in Berry to get that information. And if you're wondering what to do, especially like lately, oh, it's probably a bit better today, but... But, you know, a few weeks ago or before Christmas, I mean, there would have been plenty of people looking at their lawn going, what am I going to do? Well, you know, listen to Joe talk and you'll feel confident you're doing the right thing. So they're just helpful things like that, you know, and, and uh, if people see value in it, fantastic, you know, so,
1: yeah. I mean, the lawn's one of the first things people see, right, when they're entering that home. So That's it. Uh, it can make a difference. And uh, yeah. speaking with other agents throughout the show, we've heard them consistently say that, you know, we want a home to be, Presented in a way that it looks effortless. It looks like someone can walk in, drop their furniture, and and set up straight away. So yeah, really, really interesting. Not a direct tip to a home necessarily, but um, yeah, that's great, great bit of information. Since you've started to today, is there any memorable sales that have stood out for you? Look, we've had some interesting
0: sales. I mean, you know, the I guess when you call memorable, I mean, you know, they've, they've all have their own quirks and tweaks. So yeah, picking one would be a challenging question. Um, one of recently we sold a a property, uh, in Oyster Bay, uh, for an 83 year old lady that, you know, the home was extremely unique. It was hand built out of, um, you know, concrete blocks. It had been there for 70 odd years. Uh, it was full of antiques and, you know, it, it, it looked like something out of Alice in Wonderland. So, you know, but when I met Betty, the owner, she was fascinating to talk to and there was pieces of architecture in that house, the timber beams were from the, you know, the tram shed that was there before um, the opera house was built, things like that. So, So, but for me to tell the story as much as I think I'm a good salesperson, uh, Betty told it better. So I was like, you know what? I got goosebumps listening to her. So we interviewed Betty and put that out on Facebook, and that's and still on our channel there now. Like people can see it. But you know, she was fascinating to listen to, and such a great response. People were like, oh wow, that's so great. You know, you know, I think people understood the home for what it was, um, more so than just saying, here, come and get it. So you know, we're proud of you know trying to translate homes to the market. It's more than just six photos and you know, standing at the house or running an auction. I think sometimes people love to know why the house has become what it is. Uh, And then I think one of the things I find most fascinating about a lot of sales is that when you meet the buyer of the house, often you know that they would really get on with the vendor. That happens all too often for it to be a coincidence. And I think that's, uh, so, you know, translating the vendor through the sale uh, really is powerful because I think then that, you know, a lot of buyers get it. And and you see that quite often afterwards when they do meet up they get on fantastically or but you know through the sale process or through the campaign you think geez these people I can see that they'd really get along with each other you know they say similar things or or they've got a similar style so you know translating a home through the market's probably my favourite thing and yeah, yeah of so every home we try and do that.
1: It's an interesting insight. I haven't heard that one before where you where you do see those commonalities and similarities between. A buyer and seller and uh, I, I saw that video with Betty, it was just fantastic and you're right, and you certainly wouldn't have done the home justice the way she did it she told her story with such passion and uh, told the whole history of how it came about and what's what happened right. That's that us. house was
0: her mm. so you
1: know,
0: just share it with everyone
1: Is there any myth that you've heard within the industry that you just want to knock on the head today? I mean you've you spent a lot of time before starting in the, the industry that, or is there anything that you've come in and sort of It's completely different once you're on the inside. A fascinating thing
0: I would say is that, uh, and it doesn't matter what marketplace you're in, whether the market's strong or not, is that there's no real deals in real estate like people think. And the ironic thing is a lot of people, when they try to negotiate a price, are under the impression that um, that's going to help them buy the home. But you're in one of the most competitive real estate markets on the planet. And ultimately, you know, it is a competitive environment. So I think learning to be the best buyer you can be means that when the right property is there, you're ready to compete for it as you need to do. And all too often people would see those buyers where they just got sick of looking and they decided this is the day they're going to buy a house, they become that buyer, right? So but ironically, all the people that maybe the peers that support those buyers, friends, business associates, maybe other real estate agents try to help their friends with how to get it cheaper but on ironically when they purchase they probably paid a premium as well so the truth is i think what i do is spend a lot of time with buyers to ready them for that competition so they understand you know when another buyer is competing with them that it's not a personal thing and 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 these are the steps you take to to buy a property and 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 that way they don't lose it based on something they didn't know that could happen or they don't feel like you know something went not to plan because there's no surprises and i think that's that's probably the most important thing
1: I think what's fair value for you or fair value for someone else can be completely different. And particularly buying a home to live in, it it is an emotional decision. It's an emotional purchase. It's where your kids go to school and yeah. what shops you shop at, what cafe you visit. And, uh, and we talk to people about that all the time when they're talking about uh, – Quite often they're talking to us about putting in another $5,000 and I'm thinking $5,000 over the 10 years you're holding this is. is is, But you get the place you want. You get get the place to raise your family where you want to raise it. Um, It's certainly worth spending that extra money. Yeah, so really good tip coming from outside back into the industry. Yeah, interesting to see both sides of it. 2020, what's next for you? Well, I think
0: 2020 is an interesting year. I mean, this time last year, there was more than double the amount of stock on the market that there is today. So it's certainly a seller's market again. Uh, I think we'll, we'll, and we're probably seeing a little bit of a lag too, based on the the, the really challenging weather we had leading up to Christmas. I think it's quite a few people that just didn't get any prep time and probably put a few things off about selling. Um, So I expect that they will probably equal out You know, over the next few months. We might see an increase in stock, but because of that competition, more buyers flood into the market because they don't want to miss the prices going too high which means it becomes more competitive and days on market gets shorter as well because of the competition. So even when the stock does enter, it doesn't stay long. So it's, it's very much the more the more real estate. You know, Sometimes when stock isn't selling, much more stock floods to the market and also when stock is selling, it just can't keep up. So I think we're in that second stage now, which is different from where we were last year. So I think uh, just trying to translate buyers, buyers and sellers as to how the market's performing is probably going to be a big key.
1: So you're seeing fewer properties on, more buyers coming back in and um, yeah, it was, uh, it was only a short time ago that the, the numbers were flipped the other way around and, Very much and so. here we are. One final question for you before we wrap up today, what's that one piece of advice you want people to take away from today?
0: Well, I probably said it before actually, which is, is knowing that I guess if you're, a, um, if, if you're looking to buy in the market, you're treating it more like it's a sport. Um, from a competitive point of view, knowing you've got to put the legwork in, which means, you know, making sure you speak to your broker and get yourself sorted, understand what all that means, um, having a solicitor that you trust who's ready to give you advice when you need it, doing all those things. All too often, buyers sort of get out there and have a wander around, and then before they know, they get roped into something and they're not ready. Um, so, and then understanding that, you know, buying something is a competitive thing, and and I guess knowing you know, the why's you want to buy something is really important. So finding agents that you like and trust is really important because those people, believe it or not, are the ones that are going to guide you through those moments to say this is what's happening now. It might be the last three seconds of an auction where they say this is what you do next to secure it. Um, So, yeah, so I think, you know, getting out there, having a look, making sure you've got, you know, a support network around you with solicitors and brokers and maybe building and pest companies or talking to, to us about the ones that we know, um, and just being ready and organised, you know, uh, that, that's a big thing. Um, I do a lot of buyer consultations where we sit down and have a chat with those buyers and go through exactly, you know, why do they want to live in that suburb or why not that suburb and things like that so we've got a better understanding Sometimes that flushes out some truths as well, which is great for them. Um, and then ultimately that that leads to them focusing on what they need to do. So that's one side from the buyer's point of view. And, and I guess from a seller's point of view, talking to your agent soon, sooner than being on the market. Not just, okay, I've done everything, come and have a look. A lot of people are very proud of their home, which is, which is normal. But I think um, they're worried about someone seeing it or they think the agent might devalue the home if the home isn't ready for sale. But all too often someone could drop $50,000 on a kitchen reno that is actually a waste of money they'll never see again. Sometimes it's a great thing to do, other times it's not. So there is a strategy going to market depending on your home. And I think ultimately chatting to your agent early is, is probably a real key asset. You know, some agents will get a bit excited and be a bit of a bit of a pest and you know that's probably not a good idea for them to do that. But I think if they meet an agent, you know, I like to think I'm the type of agent that will just work with them where we're not really locked into a timeline. We're just chatting about, yeah, do the deck, Roger, or don't do the deck, that kind of thing, and moving forward. And then later on, you know, when time's right, well, they're so much more prepared and organised for the sale.
1: Brilliant. Andrew, thanks so much for coming on. Some really good insights into all throughout that north area of the Sutherland Shire and um, some really interesting ways that you're reaching out and talking to both your buyers and sellers. Uh, where do people find you? Okay, well, obviously, it's Sanders website right there,
0: profiles there. Um, Andrew Bloom Sanders Property Agents on Facebook, uh, same name again on uh, Instagram as well, or LinkedIn. So it's probably those those platforms are the easiest ones to find us on. Um, or just you know, and I've phone numbers on there. Um, I can drop my phone number in if you want. Right well, now, well, good.
1: We'll link them all below yeah, for no you. Yeah, no worries. We'll pop them all
0: in. But uh, ultimately, yeah, just give us a call and have a chat, and um, you know, and we'll go from there. Brilliant. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, mate. This podcast is for general information only. It contains brief comments not intended to be the basis for decision making, nor to be taken as a substitute for specific advice. Please contact Birdie Wealth to discuss any matters that may be relevant to your individual situation. For more information, go to www.birdiewealth.com.au.